Kia ora everybody and welcome back to Ngahere Talks. This is Hauora Sessions, proudly brought to you by Kornei.nz, a new online shopping experience. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to another uh, episode of our Mental Health Awareness Week podcast for Ngahere Talks. Um, as in one of our previous ones, we talked about our, our friend group, the Friends Are Family 2 crew, the FAF crew, um, and how we've done a lot of life together, a lot of highs and a lot of lows and everything in between. And um, I've been really enjoying the opportunity to chat about what mental health means to us, what kind of struggles we've been through, but then also how specifically or particularly through the power of really good relationships we've been able to... Um, I guess find ways to manage mental health in our everyday lives but I'm excited in this episode we've got a couple of other um, of the FAF crew here with us we've got Mal Masina Kia ora Mal Kia ora Mal and we've also got Clint Vilita. what's up brother Kia ora Kia ora and then it's me and Mal T Bob Mal Tautalanoa Hi Bob and the house Manoa Hayley. Hello, my name is Hayley. <laughs> so we're going to get right into it. We're going to chat a little bit more about mental health today. Uh, Clint's got a really cool radio voice, so hopefully he'll do some, he some fun stuff out. for us as uh, well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have got a cool airing. <laughs> cool. All right, well, we're going to start by going around and just talking about what... Um, for you personally, what have what have been what has been your kind of mental health struggle? What is the thing that you find that you're always trying to trying to battle with? We'll start off with you, Clint. Um, yeah. So, so with me, um, with my mental health, it was uh, growing up with without um, without my dad. It was always just am, am I like am I blokey enough? Am I manly enough? Because mm. I didn't really know. Um, who to kind of take those examples from and also um, I was a bit different with in high school and, and the, the guys that I hung out with so mm. a lot of my mates in high school you know they were um, into rugby into sports and then you have me on the other end I was doing like you know drama and skits and, yeah. and all of that stuff so growing up um, it was just about trying to um, just come to terms and, and accept that even Though I don't do, I wasn't doing the stuff that typical blokes were doing. Um, that it was, uh, you, there, there, there isn't sort of like, um, there, there shouldn't be sort of like uh, a box for a bloke mm. to fit in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up. It should almost be like no typical bloke. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, like exactly, exactly. Um, and even just doing stuff, you know, like, um, it's funny because, you know, my mates would mock me about being in cooking class, home ec class, mm. but at the same time, always wait for me to finish my class because I'd come out with food. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on one end, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, shame. But at the other end, they're like, oh, yeah, me, let's get a feed. Like they know to come get a feed. So um, it's, yeah, it's just different how I think when I, yeah, um, just thinking about how we kind of put male or masculinity in, in sort of boxes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that must have been hard growing up without a dad. And not having that, you know, a, a strong male role model in your life. And I've heard a lot um, the term used, uh, fatherless generation. You know, we're growing a fatherless generation. And I guess from your perspective, how does how do you think that feeds in to the mental health of us as a nation? Um, I think it's it's a real important. So so with my dad, even though 
um, like he was he was around, but it's just that I chose to grow up with my mum. Um, but in terms of that, it's 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 so powerful, like just to see how how much of an influence you, your father figure has on you. So yeah. with mm. um, with me, it was because um, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' place. It was my granddad and um, and. And I would take snippets of of being with him and seeing him and his relationship with my grandma, with his um, with his faith, with his um, sort of mental, physical, and spiritual well being. Yeah. Um, because he was still running marathons at the age of sixty. Um, wow, like I say, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he <clears throat> and he only started getting into it when he was forty. So. Um, just seeing him and how he conducted himself um, was really important for me to see another male figure mm. um, doing that because it kind of um, encouraged me to not only just be confined in just normal or the boxes that people try and put males in, but also yeah. just to be confident, just to mm. be confident in who you are yeah. and um, confident in everything you do. doesn't matter what it is, but just as long as you're confident in what you're doing and you're passionate about what you're doing, then you shouldn't really, um, you shouldn't really, or even though you do care about what people think, it doesn't really affect you mm. um, that much. Because how did it like practically, like how did it affect you? Like what was it about that you had like self-doubt or did you have like anxiety or it was you, like self-harming or like what was it it was more just being two personalities oh, so when i was yeah. with my my friends and stuff like that i would always um be influenced from them quite a bit yeah you yeah. know um they would go and do things that they weren't supposed to be doing i'll tag along mm. um at school i'll tag along when they you know go have a cigarette behind the the gym um go out to parties on the weekend stay up um, unbelievable hours in the morning, mm. um, graffitiing houses, <laughs> um, stuff like that. So, um, all of that stuff was because I didn't have, uh, I was, I didn't have anything to compare what I was supposed to be doing to. Yeah, and yeah. Um, even though my mum, she was quite strong in terms of raising us boys, um, because she was a solo mum at home, she had to work quite a lot. Mm, yeah. yeah, so I was easily influenced quite a bit from friends, neighbours, and just uh, just all of my mates. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, bro. We're going to come back to that. I reckon. Um, about you, sis. What's um, what's been your mental health struggles through life so far? Um, I think ever since I've been young, I've struggled with anxiety a lot. Mm. Um, and that came from I think similar like being fatherless, I guess, but also mm. growing up in a single parent home and in being an only child as well, mm. which, um, yeah, which I guess developed like a feeling of being alone. Mm. Yeah. And, oh, it's all good. Already, yeah. It's all good. Um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, I think it was just things that stemmed from that, like mm. growing up in that kind of environment. Yeah. 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 yeah and at the time, um, my mum also battled with mental health, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of things developed because you had it going <coughs> on in your household, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, like, like, what, what kind of like anxiety? What does that feel like to you? Um, oh, for me, 
like at a young age through my primary years, it was um, so what would happen is um, so my mum was battling with it, but um, she struggled to go to sleep at night, so mm. I would often um, like massage her head to get her to go to sleep and mm. stay awake until she awoke like mm. through the night. And um, then I'd massage her and she'd, so she'd go to sleep. And mm. I think, um, yeah, during those nights, it um, developed the feeling of being alone. And I think um, along the years that I kind of, um, like, I developed negative thoughts, patterns, mm. and where I'd feel like someone was going to come harm us during the night. Well, <coughs> um, and like fear, eh? Yeah, like yeah, fear. like a persistent fear like, yeah. that developed in. Um, like I, I remember when I was like eight, I developed OCD. Like, mm. um, I'd go around the house before the sun went down and like check three to five times that the doors were locked, oh, windows wow. were locked. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and and it continued for years, and sometimes I still do it now. Yeah, but it's not to that extent as yeah, before. Right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and I think also, like I loved being around people, but when it came to conversations about personal things or even just the general, like, how are you, how's mum, I'd um, stress out. Like, mm, right. Like, yeah. I, I'd... Fine, fine, I'm fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mum's <laughs> fine, why? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah, or, like, yeah. I'd shut down. So, um, yeah, because I was scared, like, I'd say the wrong thing, um, that I'd embarrass my mum or myself. So, mm. yeah, that's kind of what I felt like yeah, going yeah. through that. And so do you think that, like, now that you're a little bit older, is that still something that you are battling with? Or Yeah, I think I still battle with it. Um, probably not to the extent as before when I was younger because I felt mm. like growing up as an only child that I was alone. But yeah, now yeah. being older, I have, like, an awesome support of friends. Yeah. And, um, so I don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Like being at this age. And I think, yeah, I think... Um, like I still get it now and then when I talk to adults, yeah, <laughs> mainly yeah. like conversing. But um, yeah, it's not as bad as before. And I yeah. think that it's like um, we mentioned it before about it being like like overcoming is not the right word. Sometimes it's it's sometimes becomes something that you manage yeah. for your lifetime. Like, and it's how you actually manage that. Yeah. yeah. Um, like for you, Mel, I know you're a mum now yourself um from your experiences that you've had with mental health how i guess does that um play a role in the way that you parent yourself oh yeah um i think um when it comes to my son i think um like because at the moment he's going through the phase where he's scared of the dark or being alone at night so i think for um um, like as a parent, like validating his feelings, like yeah, yeah. Knowing, you know, like it's okay, like yeah. <laughs> but also supporting him through it. So I'll be like, um, so I'll be like, okay, you go to sleep, and then I'll come and check on you later. Yeah, so, mm. you know, letting him know it's okay to feel the way that he feels, yeah. which is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and I think also for myself, just recognizing, um, like when I'm having those kind of thoughts, like. Um, my husband keeps me accountable to it. Awesome. Yeah, which has been really good. And um, yeah, I think that's important in terms of like parenting and myself. And yeah, yeah. and it's so true. Like that that validation piece is yeah. um, like so crucial in um, 
just letting them know you're angry, that's okay. You can yeah, be yeah. angry, you know, like you're scared, that's okay. It's yeah. a valid emotion and it's okay to feel that. It's not like stop being scared or don't yeah. be scared of the dark or, you know, and, and I think a and lot of us. to what you were yeah. saying, eh, yeah. bro? We grew yeah. up that like, way. It's yeah. okay yeah. to be, yeah. to feel and how you feel. And just like hearing what you were saying about like um, holding com- conversations with like other adults as well. So with me, it's for, for guys. When I talk to other guys as well, I get quite... um anxious because it's still kind of um, stuck in the back of my mind as well like when I'm talking to other guys like because in my mind every guy is like a real blokey you know (laughs) blokey guy so I always worry about what I say and and if I um, do the right things around them as well so yeah so Mm. that's yeah yeah what about you Bob I know we talked about our our kind of struggles earlier but maybe we'll just touch on them for sake of um, this new conversation yeah, I think um, my struggle has been like pressure, being under pressure and how, um, uh, you know, we talked earlier about being kind to yourself. I think I can be really tough. Mm-hmm. I, I think lots of us are really tough on ourselves. And um, I think when I'm, the way that that manif- manifests when I'm not cutting myself enough slack is probably through like stress and then... Uh, probably anger and um, it's being able to identify now where when the pressure's on and trying to catch myself before I get to that point and realising like flip, I am under pressure, I'm not sleeping well or whatever and then um, being able to implement what I can to get myself out of it. But that was, you know, it was a journey. I didn't I didn't realise I was mean to myself. So mm. it took someone else pointing that out to me to be mm. like, actually, you know, this is you've got this going on, like maybe just cut yourself a little bit of slack. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, eh? Yeah. I mean I talked about earlier about um how for me it's been mostly about cha- my challenge has been around depression and a lot of it coming from like self worth mm. or self doubt. Um but I think probably one of the other ones that has been there more in more recent years would be like how to manage I feel like it's kind of loneliness is kind of the word but not the reality of it but I guess being single so long and what that's like oh it's going to get me on this one too but that's all right um and being able to be in a place where that where you can kind of be okay with that and how even though because I don't think loneliness is the right word because I'm not lonely because yeah. I have a lot of people around me but there's that just that little bit of like you know when when is it going to be my turn when am I going to find that person that's going to you know help fill that void <laughs> shut one <laughs> one's over there going like that um and that's been one in, in the recent years I actually feel like I'm in a really good place with it yeah even though I'm a little bit emotional right now um, but it is something that, and because I think it comes back into that previous thing that I said about self worth mm-hmm. and self doubt, and how you can get to a point where I suppose you can love yourself enough and believe in yourself enough that that they're not the same thing, or like being alone or being single was not the same as how worthy you are. Yeah, Does or attached to it, or yeah, attached yeah, yeah. to your worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally and being able sense. to be comfortable in that space and comfortable in those new relationships. Or the relationships that do exist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough. Like, yeah. I mean, companionship and, yes. you know, yearning to be with someone, like, that that's a yearning. Like, that's a human God created us to be that way. Yeah. So, And it can be twisted into yeah. into a negative, yeah. Yeah, totally. So that's a, that is a tough one. It's going to happen. 
Oh, totally. Yes. Totally. <laughs> then I'm going to buy your kids heaps of really, really noisy, noisy <laughs> toys. <laughs> and white clothes and chocolate. And make them cry <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> totally, eh? Totally. One of the questions I thought would be good for this team um, is, like, why, why do you think mental health or, like, bad mental health is so rife in New Zealand? In Aotearoa, why is it such a big challenge for us as a country? I think, um, I think uh, us as a country, I think um, parts of our country is, is still, I think, kind of in denial, like that we do have a bad um, mental health issue. Yeah. Um, we have so much resources or so many resources going. So many other things, um, but also with everyone, like not just the you know government, but just like public people as well. We get a lot of people like doing push-up challenges, bringing awareness to all of that. Mm. But a lot of the stuff we don't realize that it lies on us. Yeah, that everything like mental health is not only um, affected by the person, but uh, it relies on us too. Like. Um, sure, you have mental health from stuff that you've done um, growing up, or um, sort of habits or, or traumas that you've had with personal experiences with your um, with parents or friends or stuff like that. But a lot of um, sometimes we could be guilty of causing mental health on someone else. Mm. Um, that guy that might look weird. Um, someone, you know, going to school. Like I'm guilty of it too. Going to school, I can just remember of all of the people, young people that I used to go to school with that didn't look like me, that didn't talk like me, um, mm. and just giving them a hard time for it. Oh, yeah, and a lot yeah. of that, you know, a lot of that, I didn't realise that at the time, but a lot of that will sort of build up and create that sort of, those mental health issues within them, mm. but that wasn't on them, that was on, that was yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah. And um, sometimes I, I get frustrated and not, it's not a bad thing at, at sometimes, um, just all the challenges that go around, um, you know, bringing awareness to mental health, do 22 push-ups, 22 days. But what are, what are you doing? What are you doing personally? Mm -hmm. Because that, to me, mm. kind of like feels a bit trendy, like it's just a trend, like just do it yeah, just 100%, because. Yeah. And, um, and watch my biceps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. feeds back into that whole social yeah. media, yeah. you know, beast yeah mm. and then it, yeah and then at the end of the day it just comes down to that's cool you can put numbers up you can bring awareness to it but what are you doing what are you doing personally are you saying hi to that person that no one says hi to are you actually um i've seen so many things about people going i'm here i'm here if you want to talk um but then i've also seen so many people um put that up and then when people want to talk to them they're they no one they know it yeah. to be seen they don't I don't, I don't want to talk to that weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they realise the reality of of um, how imperfect it's going to be as well. Yeah, like yeah. you can say uh, you can come and talk to me whenever, but actually you're gonna if someone with mental health comes comes and talks to you, and they have like such a rough topic to talk about, and you're not equipped yourself, mm -hmm. then obviously you're just going to turn them away or not give them the right advice or. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of um, the issues with mental health as well, sometimes it falls on us as a public or as friends or as family. Yeah. Um, and we shouldn't rely solely on, on um, 
just the government and other external supports. Mm. Yeah, awesome though. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the government should be our last option, mm-hmm. not our not our first. But unfortunately, that's not the reality. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But you're right. We need to take responsibility as a community for the mental well-being of and the way we treat community. each other. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Why do you think, sis? It's so rife here. Um, I think like myself I feel like as a country we're not at a point where conversations like this is normalized like yeah. where it's normal we can't even have it without crying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like um like I think like um being a teacher like I see it even at a young age like kids been through like traumatic stuff um, yeah yeah they yeah they have kind of like a, men- a mental um illness but they're um Whenever you refer them to like a counselor or even just general talking to them, they're like, "Oh, shame! No, nah, I don't want to do yeah, that." Like, yeah. uh, like they they think they're perceived as weak if they do that. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think that can also come from, like culturally as well, um, things that happen culturally. But um, yeah, for myself, I just think at the moment we're not at a point where um, we can have these kind of conversations where kids feel open to talking about how, what they're going through, mm-hmm. how they're feeling. Um, and as well as adults as well yeah. at our age, like I can I can remember, um, like I was in an interview and one of the kids started to open up about some stuff that linked to mental uh, mental health, but the parents shut them down straight away. Yeah, mm. because um, yeah, like because they don't want to be judged. Yeah, um, like as a parent, or they don't want their kids to be, or they don't want their kids to be embarrassed or them themselves. So mm. yeah, I think um, yeah, we haven't. Um, got to that point where conversations like this can happen. Yeah, yeah I think you're like I think you're totally right. Like with those conversations, I think when it comes to, um, especially with youth, because I'm um, I work in the youth work sector, and um, it, in terms of the decision making with mental health um, supports, I don't think there's enough voices from people that actually struggle from mental health. Um, they're making those or helping yeah. to steer steer those conversations, exactly. um, yeah. especially with youth as well, um, because you can have so many meetings with a young person um, and tell them what they kind of they need to do to get over it, or not get over it, but sort of improve their you know their their well being. Um, that's all good, but then that's just something that's said to them to do. It's they haven't been a part of that sort of active conversation. Um, or even kind of know what it's about or being, being explained what's kind of happening. So yeah. you're totally right in terms of like normalising the conversation um, because it does affect quite a lot of um, of young people too that I've, I've seen. Yeah. And then it's role modelling, eh? That yeah. yeah. Like what you're saying, like you can talk about it, but how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And who's showing me how? Yeah. I don't yeah. think that there are many people in, in Aotearoa that are... I mean, I think of Mike King and all the cool stuff he's mm. doing. Mm. We were lucky to have a mean chat with him just not that long ago and then hear him share stuff. Yeah. You gonna go? Yeah, I was just going to say, and he actually, interestingly enough, talked around... I mean, you mentioned about people struggling with mental health, having more of a voice mm. in the way that we prescribe, you know... Um, people to get well here in New Zealand and he just talked about uh, a project that he went through and he was involved in it and they had accumulated some incredible research and he just got shut down by his own board because he didn't have a doctorate or he didn't have a piece of paper to say that he was professional enough or equipped enough to make these decisions which is 
just crazy because yeah, he actually so was fantastic. Just on that, that um, project's called 1,000 Letters and he just released it last week or this week even. Um, and essentially they took 1,000 suicide notes mm-hmm. um, and they kind of just broke them down and put oh. collated them to get more insights into suicide yeah. for, su- for, the, for the purpose of preventing suicide. And they put it all together and then all of a sudden all of the like academics and the health the health system and all that all have just like shut it out and said nah it's not um not legitimately researched it's not legitimate um information and so he's he has released it you can read it you can go through his um keto life charitable trust or his his insta um, yeah and he's like he's a local guy he lives around here and because we got to speak to him face to face you could just see how passionate he is but also how heartbroken he was by the stupid system and that's i think that's part of the problem as well how you're Mm. saying you have all these academics that are saying that it's not a legitimate yeah yeah. um, but it's from the people it's from the actual people that are struggling um with it and and i think um sometimes you know all the professionals or the academics they look at it from one point of view and that's Mm. the point of view of um just what they've been taught and 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 that's the be all and end all evidence but it's and profit yeah. it's, <laughs> it's such a yeah it's such a huge sort of broad um because not everyone is the same in terms of the mental health and yeah and i think um a lot of the times yeah they do get shut down quite a bit yeah it's so. it, yeah i mean we're trying to implement a, a colonized system with indigenous people mm. and it yeah. just doesn't marry up it yeah. just doesn't yeah. work yeah I think I saw something, oh, how did they say it? Something like how New Zealand is like one of the, still the most colonised of all the British colonies. Wow. Even though Māori people are doing pretty well as far as Indigenous goes. And we we chatted about this eh, in, yeah. the, in the first session about how um, the effects of colonisation on Māori, potentially the effects of um, the migration of Pacifica people into Aotearoa, how it's almost like these new ways of don't talk about it um, don't deal with it, sweep it under the rug. Those don't come from our people. Our people no. yeah. were m- far more into the well-being yeah. of yeah. of each of us, the well-being of the individual, but more so the well-being of the whole. And that, that I feel like, has been put on us and we're living through the effects of that still generations later. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of the Western system is measured like measurements, like wh- mm-hmm. how can we measure that? What can we do to measure so that we're making sure that we're um, doing a good job, whereas in Indigenous approaches... That needs to be done. I'll support you um, with this, or I'll teach you how to do that. Mm. There's no time frame. There's no measurements. Just as yeah. long as we're doing our best to look after you and making sure that you're um, sort of uh, improving your health as, mm. as best as you can. And we're not going to put you in a box to kind of confine you in that, but we're going to help you grow and we're going to be there every step of the way. Yeah, Whereas yeah. in, I think, um, Western system is, is really like, Take okay, I'm this gonna, pill. Yeah, I'm gonna work <laughs> up with you until this, until yeah. a couple of weeks, and then once that's done, um, that's it. You should be healed by then, yeah. or fixed by then. Take this medicine. This will numb the pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or they're like, ah, oh, there's no box that you fit in. We'll create one. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, why don't we start talking about some of the like uh, techniques or the tools that that you can use that you guys use personally, or that you've seen other people use to help? You know, start to. I mean, we talked about the first step in the journey of like trying to find your own mental health um, is identifying what you're struggling with and then it's like trying to find out what are the ways that I can manage this. What are some of the ways that you guys manage your um, your challenges? <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I think it's finding things that I enjoy and actually doing them. Yeah, um, yeah so um, when I was younger, um, 
uh, I had awesome like friends and neighbours that would take me out to the outdoors, like go on boats, um, go for hikes up Matakana and stuff. Nice. So um, yeah, so ever since then I've like really enjoyed be- being in the outdoors and doing yeah. practical activities like sports. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so when I find myself in those kind of spaces, I take time to go and do something that I actually enjoy. And um, yeah, and I guess um, resting as well. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> like I find when I am overtired that I tend to get more anxious or more mm, stressed. Right, yeah. So um, yeah, so uh, f- for me, like that's one of the things I'm still working on is actually going to sleep <laughs> and yeah, having yeah. a proper rest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, that and also just like being around people. Yeah. Um. Like, I'm fortunate to have amazing friends like you that I get to hang out and do life with. Um, and yeah, like I remember during youth, um, one of my friends, um, who knew what was going on, um, would just text to see if I was doing all right. And then, mm. um, like if I wasn't, then they'd come and pick me up with a bunch of other friends and would just go hang out, Me, yeah, which awesome. was cool. So I think, um, like things like that, friends like that, where you are comfortable being who you are, and and mm. they create a safe space for you is important as well. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, well, for me, it's um, I like being creative, so um, I like singing and also making um, sort of trying to be Pop-pops. creative with <laughs> yeah, either TikToks <laughs> or um, not so much TikTok, but I like making like short of um, short clips or short films or brainstorming um, stuff yeah, like awesome. that as well. But also um, at a young age, I kind of. Um, learnt because uh, my mum was working quite a bit and I was at home quite a um, by myself with my younger brother as well. I, I think I kind of learnt how to sort of self-regulate my emotions quite a lot because mm. I, I got left at home quite a lot and I something that I, I picked up. So um, just comparing things as well for me that, that works, um, might not work for everyone, but my brother, he's... Um, he has a mental disability. Mm. So I always compare my life to his life because it helps me sort of reset where I'm at and what mm. I can do and what I'm um, capable of doing and what I'm sort of grateful for. Yeah. Um, so I'm lucky enough to have control of my mind, my body, whereas yeah. my brother is not. So whenever I feel something negative creeping up in the back of my mind, I always bring that up. Um, so good. That's that it's that that you should be grateful um, or for me anyway, that I should be grateful um, that I can even do the things that I'm doing because yeah. um, because my brother, he's not able to do that. Mm. Um, also being involved with um, Camp Quality as well for 15 years, yeah. um, that sort awesome. of put a, a whole new perspective on my state of mind as well. Um, so Camp Quality is a, a, a camp for kids with cancer, so I've been involved with them 15 years and you have these kids full of life, no fear, but some of them don't have um, don't have an option. Mm. They just they they're, they're just born with cancer. Um, they end up getting sick. Um, they lose, I don't know, maybe some of their their um, they get developed um, effects from the chemo, or mm. they might lose an arm or a leg, um, and they had no choice. So they had no choice in that. So um, so I kind of kind of for me that's kind of play the comparison game and um, weigh up my life compared to other lives, not that you see on TV, but actually lives that you kind of, that you know, that you've dealt with face-to-face. Or, yeah, you know. yeah. 
I so like that you brought that up too because we talked about comparison in one of these episodes, but in the negative way and how, yeah. as, and particularly through social media and how comparison can help add to your um, challenges. But then I like what you're saying about using that to help you realise your privileges as well yeah. and what you do have and to be grateful for what you do have. And it reminded me of this time um, a few years ago where one of my friends was in Aotearoa. They don't live here, but we grew up together. She's probably one of my longest friends since we were like uh, like 11 or 12. Um, and we were talking about something. I can't remember what it was. And I just made this comment where I was like, oh, man, I wish blah, 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 blah. And she just looked at me and she goes, you know what? You don't get everything you want like this to me. And the context within that is that this friend of mine, like she lost her mum when she was like 13 um, her dad left the family and shacked up with this other lady. And so she had to go through high school being raised by her brother and sister who obviously they were grieving and they, you know, they didn't sign up to be a parent. They were just wanted to live their own lives. And and from that moment on, it just rolled on this never-ending saga for her of bad, like, situations unfortunate situations and so for her to come to me and go you know what you don't get everything that you want it really put me in my place and was like you know what I'm right and I need to be so thankful for what I do have yeah because I mean I love her so much but I'm so glad I didn't get her life everything that she's gone through and it really and even to this day I still every now and then if I find myself being a bit of a sook or a bit of a moaner about things that aren't really that important I remember that how she said that to me and how she said it so straight up yeah and put me in my place like I actually have so much to be thankful for yeah and that's something um that you need to be really careful to like making sure that you have that strong relationship with someone before you you say that because um, without sort of context of who that person is, yeah, and where that comes from, eh? Possibly yeah. go the other way as well, yeah. like saying, "Well, I'm still hurting. I, I know that you know, I'm, mm. you know, I should be thankful, but I'm still, I'm still hurting. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I need to acknowledge this first. So who the who the heck are you to <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. tell me what that is? So it's yeah. the relationship first, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, yeah. always. And I think that's real important as well. Like I know, um like with my mum going through it like people had good intentions to help her and mm. um but often would say the wrong thing like oh you'll get over it yeah like it's just yeah. something that they that she could just shrug off yeah yeah but um yeah but i think it's important like building relationships with people and knowing when you can speak direct and when you can just sit there and listen like, yeah yeah i think that's important as well yeah it is a yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were going to keep going on that one <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, ways that you manage it, Bob? Um, yeah, the same. I think um, perspective is really helpful. Uh, if you can, if I can, um, like realign my perspective. Mm. Yeah, or yeah, or elevate it maybe because sometimes I can get caught in something down here. But if I can just get up here and see the bigger situation, um, that's really helpful. And then definitely getting out. And uh, out outdoors, and um, great people, great people around me, friends, family. You told family. me recently about how you'd started journaling again. Yeah, I love writing. I always loved writing. I loved writing when I was at school. I was good at good at um, English growing up, and it is a good outlet for me to journal. So I find that is a really helpful way, especially like journaling outside. Huh. Double combo. <laughs> <laughs> Journal in the outside. Yeah, and gratitude, eh? I mean, we kind of already talked about that, but gratitude for what you do have. 
um, and putting that in perspective is really important. Knowing yeah. who you are, finding yeah. out who you are, yeah. and being accepting of who you are yeah. is really important as well. And confident mm. in who you are. Eh? Yeah, totally. Um, I did have another question and I've lost it. I like how, um, how Mel was saying journaling. Um, so recently uh, my family's just moved out of a, a house that they were in for 53 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, gran- my grandma passed away um, not long ago and we're just emptying out the house and we just see so many pieces of paper lying around from my granddad mm. writing down and and my granddad's 92 wow. and he still writes things down and mm. i think that's really good for him um mentally because it just keeps him like always writing always thinking always um um yeah just journaling the day and yeah. what he's done some days will be like amazing he'll be like uh went to church this morning uh woke up at five in the morning prayed for my grandchildren, um, and then some days, like you'll just see on a piece of paper, I uh, woke up and had some porridge. <laughs> um, but still, like he's still, still journaling doing, it, yeah. and um, yeah, and that's I think that's a really really good way of dealing with yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's funny because um, uh, Asher actually went through my parents' boxes was it two weeks ago, and he found a journal that I had written when I was nine years old. Wow, oh, wow. yeah, which was funny. Like, and I opened it up and had a look and. Like thinking about it now, I could see um, the process or like what I had been through and where I am at now. Yeah, and well. like appreciate um, where I'm at now and how I got there. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So if you're go-to for journaling, that's a good idea. I just think it's a safe yeah. place to write all your emotions. Yeah, yeah. Like whatever, whatever it is: yeah. hurt, anger, frustration, <laughs> things joy. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe like maybe 15 years ago now maybe a little bit longer, um, I went through a process with a, a counsellor where I kind of dealt with some sexual abuse that happened to me when I was a kid. And that was the way that we did it, is that she just got me to write it down, write the experience out, what happened, how you felt. And literally, it was almost like as soon as you wrote it down, it was it just was gone. Like you could let it go. No yeah. longer yeah. were holding on to it. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really have as much power control over me then literally half an hour ago Mm. before I'd written it down um the only thing is I didn't do anything with that journal (laughs) then like my niece goes auntie I found your journal I was like oh okay she's like can you keep writing (laughs) shut up you (laughs) um but yeah journaling's a really powerful way and I think uh, we talk heaps and we have talked heaps about how we tend to keep things bottled up and keep them inside and they just fester and get uglier and, and mm. more rotten. So whatever way you can get it out, if talking's not your thing. Um, I know one in one of the episodes said she journaling's not her thing. So we're like, sweet, just do it on a video or something like that. Like, Yeah, there's yeah. lots of ways you can do it. Um, we've, I think one of the focuses that through, or the themes that's come through is around having really strong relationships and having people yeah. around you that you can work this walk this journey through. I mean, what? how do you guys find that having strong relationships has played out in your journey and how do you be a good mate? Uh, for me, so um, another thing that I struggled with was when, when, when I got married, so I got married and the first couple of years of marriage was like not good, not good at all Lucky. because you put in a house with someone 
um, that you've never lived with before and you're kind of learning each other's tendencies and 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 for me that was a really big struggle because um, when you get married it's just it's just you guys yeah um, and then if you don't know how to deal with that properly you end up getting quite um, you know quite abusive towards each other um, verbally so for me it was really really important to have other um, friends that were married but also good guys that I could go to and talk to so they can um, either say I'm right but most of the times they would say that I just need to calm down a bit and, and see from the other side mm. um, I saw this really I, I remember this really interesting quote um, you know loving someone is giving them the ability to destroy your heart but expecting them not to or having them the mm. faith not to yeah. um, so that, that was for me um, you know, you're so vulnerable. You're really, really vulnerable. So anything that, you know, your spouse or someone that you love says that goes straight to the heart. So um, it was just being able to sort of meet up with, with those those cool supports that I had. My, you know, some of my good friends, um, my cousin was really good support and some of my mates, my performing arts mates as well. And I would all the time talk to them um, and expect them to be like, no, you're right, man. No, she should <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah. But you <laughs> know, 95 percent of the time, they'd just be like, "Man, you need to, you need to get your head Sit in the down. game, man." Like, <laughs> be humble. Um, yeah, and 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 it was then that I just that I realized that uh, you know, marriage or relationships are always work if you put each other's needs first from both sides. So yeah. you're always putting her needs first and she's always putting your needs first and you're always saying to each other, I'll do it now, I'll do it now, I'll do it now. You're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. And so I was always putting each other's needs first and, and once I once I started um, learning that from you know from my mates and, and getting that advice from them and also heaps of other little gems um, that really, really helped me grow as um, not only as a, as a man but also as a husband as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, like for myself and um, my journey, I think relations were relationships were really important. Um, I can remember like even though I didn't want to converse with people, like just being around people helped. Mm. And um, and I think a huge thing for me growing up was um, was church because that's where I built good relationships with people. Yeah. Um, and I think um. Like on the flip side, with like people who know someone that is going through mental health, I think um, being present with that person, like mm. even if it's just hanging out with them mm. or um, just listening to what they have to say and what they're going through, is huge. Yeah, and I um, like that. yeah, and I think um, like like for myself, I know that when people are being genuine and you know it's a genuine friendship, as opposed to someone that has good intention and they're mm. just doing it out of empathy or like they feel sorry for you yeah, yeah so i yeah. think um yeah being genuine in your relationships with people helps as well yeah. and um is yeah it's huge because you can tell when people are there for you and when they're not <laughs> yeah totally. um but uh yeah but i think in terms of get, getting uh, like through the journey and helping with the process um building good relationships with people as mentioned before, where people um, know when to listen and know when to speak mm. um, is important. And, yeah, I think just being present with some, like, just being there for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if they tell you to go away, just turn up. Yeah, yeah. 
You guys are awesome at that too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. been huge in helping. You know, me just drop cheesecake and oysters at their doorstep. <laughs> that's the kind of thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I like what you said. Just being genuine as well, and and you can tell someone if they're genuine or not. I think human nature is everyone wants to help. Eh? Everyone's yeah, yeah. first reaction is just to go in, even if they're not genuine about it. They just want to go in and help. Um, then they end up saying the wrong things or they end up sort of doing it for the wrong reasons. So, yeah, yeah, totally being genuine is definitely... And we touched on that before, didn't we, about like keeping your own emotions in check Mm. and not using it as an opportunity to fulfil your own emotional needs. Yeah, 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 Mm. that's it. That's right. I'm such a good friend because I went and did that for them. Yeah. I I helped the stranger when I was walking home. Yeah, Totally. Um, I think too, like, you don't have to tell everybody. Like, you don't have to have 20 people that you're talking to about your challenges or your struggles. Like, be wise and selective about who you choose to confide in and who you choose to take advice from. I think it's really crucial. Um, It has been for me. I honestly don't think I would be here as victorious as joyous as I am today if I didn't have incredible people mm. around me yeah. to journey me through those harder darker times mm. yeah I'll tell you. um I was gonna say something profound right here. something wise <laughs> I keep getting the mind blanks when I hear you talk <laughs> Do I, keep making no, you I, was, I was gonna say like when it comes like if you like relationships are so important all types of relationships say to help you um, in your life, um, and it's important that you that you understand that and that you prioritize that and that you intentionally invest into the relationships that you have. Like I think we're so privileged to have such a cool crew of mates mm. that regardless of what happens and how long it may be between connecting, you know that they're always they're still there. Yeah, um, and that when hard times have come. They're there when good times have come. They're there, but it doesn't just happen. You have to. You have to keep showing up. You have to. You have to sit there and listen. You have to be present, even when you might have a million other things to do, and pressing things on your mind. So you have like, you have to build that and invest in that so that it's there for you when you need it. And it goes both ways, eh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And the more that you know someone, like I said before about my mate, that just hit me straight up. Um, because of the depth of our relationship, it was exactly what I needed to hear. And she could say it. Even if it wasn't what I needed to hear, she could still say it anyway because yeah. of our level of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one of my friends who is going through chemotherapy at the moment has lost her lost her hair. <laughs> she, like, gave me a growling because I was too lazy to do my hair. <laughs> she was like, make an effort. <laughs> and then I was like, hair. okay. Straight away went and did my hair. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because here she is going mm. through with the, the hardest physical challenge she's ever been through. Yeah. Feeling sick, looking hideous, you know, ball patches all over her head. And here I am going, oh, I can't be bothered brushing my hair today. <laughs> right yeah. on her face. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that I have friends that are that straight up yeah. and call me out. Um, but I also know are the first ones to be there when I'm going through a challenge. Yeah, hard yeah. out. Yeah. Man. All right. One last chance, closing remarks, guys. Um, maybe advice to people about mental health awareness, about mental health, or anything you want to say just to just to round us out. So, with you, Bobby, um, I think that if we continue to have these conversations and try and normalise it as mm. much as we can, and 
um, play our part in our community to contribute to a, a better mental health um, as a society. I think that we can all take our part and play our role. Um, the world will be a much better place, but it's just knowing what your part and what your role looks mm. like. Yeah, um, for me, it's just knowing that you play um, a huge part in your friends' lives, in your family's lives, and you um, have the ability just to be there, just mm. to be there for someone. Um, and you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be there. And being there is really, really important. Yeah. Um, so, and, and also having the courage enough courage to be vulnerable f with your closest friends as well yeah is really really important um because that's you know that's what friends are for you know they're yeah. there for you and and you got to think to yourself as well um you'd probably be there for them as well so yeah um just being there yeah you'll make me awesome. cry again bro <laughs> <laughs> um <coughs> sorry i think for me it would be um I think know that you have a voice. Like, I think awesome. um, like just thinking about <clears throat> um, what I read in um, a book called Hope Now by Pastor Paul. Um, it talked about hope being that hope is active and not passive, and yeah. that um, we can help to create a, a greater tomorrow. Yeah, so I think um, which is one of the reasons I came to do this was yeah. was because I have that hope that other people that are going through awesome. what I have been through or um, what like maybe battling at the moment with mm. mental health that they um, also can have a greater tomorrow. Um, and that in them voicing out what they're going through, their, like the emotions and even the darkest times um, is going to help other people as well Yeah, um, nice. that yeah. are going through that journey. So, um, yeah, so I think for me it would be, um, yeah, that you have a voice. Um, and I think also like when you um, – speak out about what's going on like it can often have a stigma to it mm. but um know that there's actually people there that actually care about you mm. and that um you don't need to worry about that yeah um about being judged because we're all here to <laughs> care and love upon each other but um, yeah yeah i think um yeah take the courage to step out yeah and do the things that you enjoy that make you happy yeah love yeah love that courage so awesome, eh? awesome and i think just love yourself you know yeah um be kind to yourself. I've said it so many times mm. today. Um, get off your own case yeah. Um, yeah. and encourage yourself because uh, the, the stronger that you are, the stronger you can be for others as well. Eh? But thank you guys so much for joining us on, on this. I know it's not an easy topic, but we also all know the importance of it. That's so yeah. it's yeah, good to sure. sit there and push through it. Eh? And yeah. I think the more that we do it, the more the easier it becomes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and the more that we can hopefully, hopefully we can be some role models for other people as well. Um, yeah, and we can help others find find the freedom from from mental health disorders. Eh? Yeah, but awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks Thank for listening. Oh, thanks for having That's us. That's us, and uh, and we'll catch yeah. you soon. Kakite. Peace out. Hey, Auntie here. How you been? We've been busy as getting together some of our own local talented young brands so that you can support Aotearoa in one of our favourite ways. Shopping. Come and see what we've made for you at www.kone.nz, a new online shopping experience.